Okay. Good evening. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we are starting the special COVID-19 volume. It's the seventh volume, even though it's not going to be called volume seven, but it's the seventh volume of the Turba Merabanan um, series. And I want to just uh, mention a special thank you to uh, the Lax family in Toronto, uh, Michael and Marsha Lax, who have sponsored uh, the entire series. Um, so the for the Lax family edition, we want to thank them. And this Sefer and all of the Svarim are going to be learned Lilui Nishmat, um, their two children, uh, Yonatan Tuvia ben Mordechai, uh, Zal and Eitan Eliezer ben Mordechai. Also, a special thank you to uh, Jeff and Lonnie Kupferberg from Yad Binyamin, who sponsored this specific uh, volume. So let's jump into the, uh, the sheer straight away that uh, we are talking about an entire volume, 350 pages, Bezrat Hashem, dedicated to, um, dedicated to different halachot that pertain to uh, the COVID era. And let me just say as an outset that halacha is basically uh, taking timeless principles and relating them to an ever-changing world. And we see that most, you know, starkly in uh, this past year, where all of a sudden every single um, aspect of our lives has been affected by COVID. And since halacha pertains to every aspect of our lives, so we have different shirim, we'll see how every part of our lives from a halachic perspective has also been, um, has also been affected. So today's year, we're going to be focusing on a general approach to epidemics and pandemics in halacha, as we'll see that this isn't a, uh, a new issue. This is uh, already from the times of the Gemara, they were dealing this, uh, with uh, epidemics. And the Rishonim and Achronim also dealt with this. So epidemics are not new to the world. Perhaps a pandemic is, uh, is something of a bit of a, a novelty in the modern era. Uh, just because of travel, etc. Okay, so let us begin on, uh, for those who have the safer, we are starting on page 29. So let's start with the Ramah, the Ramah in Yoradea, Kuftet Zayin, Seif Hey tells us, V'chein yizaher mikol dvarim hamavim lidei sakana. Person has to be careful regarding all matters that might lead to danger. Ki sakanta chamira meisura because danger is more stringent than prohibitions. One has to be more careful regarding a doubt of a danger rather than a doubt of a prohibition. Furthermore, they wrote, Our sages have told us that one has to run away from a city when there is a plague in the city. And one should leave the city at the onset of the plague, and not at the end. And all of these things are based on the problem of and a person who guards his soul should distance himself from all of these issues of sakana. 
the Rama is referring to things that he was saying beforehand, uh, specifically eating certain practice and doing certain practices that are a problem of Sakana. But in the list of things, what happens, the Rama mentions a plague epidemics and the Rama suggests that when this happens, the first thing you do is you run away. Uh, the Rama bases himself on the Mariel, this is the response of the Mariel. Uh, and not only do you have to run away, the Kafachaim adds in the name of the Arizal as follows. You're there, <coughs> Kafachaim, commenting on this halacha. Why do you have to run away? This is a sickness that is contagious. That Hashem will bring pestilence upon you. And the Hebrew word over here is yidbak, i.e. some type of contagiousness. And even in the neighborhood where someone is suffering from this disease, or even his garments or his utensils, one has to distance oneself from a person's garment, from the sick person's garments, etc. He's quoting the Arizal. So the Arizal is saying, don't only separate yourself from the sick people, also separate yourself from the uh, items, the garments, and the clothing. Now, today, in today's times, we understand this based on germs. Um, but if you go back uh, 400 years ago, this was clearly not... Uh, not such a given in in you know in the medical times then I don't I don't know if they even knew about germs at that stage uh, I don't think so um, uh, so so here the the Arizal is talking but but really it makes perfect sense for what we know from social distancing today that the, if there's a contagious uh, disease, it can be spread not only by the person, but what he touches, etc. And therefore, one has to distance oneself from all of these things. So very interesting. We've seen this already. It's brought down in Halacha, the Ramah, the Kafachaim. But the truth is, it goes back all the way to the Gemara. And the Gemara in Masechah Bovakama, Daf Samach, says as follows, We've learned in a brighter, Dever Be'ir, when there's a plague, a pestilence in the ear, in the city, one has to bring your feet in, literally go into your house. And quotes a pasuk in Shmot that people should not leave their houses until morning. Furthermore, it says, The pasuk says, Come, my people, enter your chambers, shut your doors, and behind you. Right? Uh, and uh, and it says the outside the, the door the sword will will kill and uh, in the chambers uh, terror okay so also Gemara my Omer why do I need different pesukim the first pasuk that we know from the makat bechorot right was at night so you might think that a person only has to go indoors at night, but in the morning, you, there's no problem. Kamash Melana, the Torah, the, the Gemara brings another pasuk to say, no, even during the day. So that's what the Gemara says. You might have thought that it doesn't apply during the day. The pasuk in Yeshayahu was also referring to, to during the day. Now, um, 
Um, so we see, uh, by the way, that there seems to be a, a slight distinction between what the Ramah told us and what the Gemara told us. The Ramah said, if there is an epidemic, leave the city, right? And he said, leave it at the beginning, not at the end. The Gemara didn't say anything about that. The Gemara says, go into your houses. So how do we understand where did the Ramah basing, uh, basing himself on the Maril, where, where, where did... Where did that come from? It's not, it's not written anywhere in the Gemara. Uh, but let's just continue the Gemara for a moment. Tanarabanan, Dever Ba'ir, if there is a plague in the city, Ali Adam don't go in the, the middle of the thoroughfares, because the Malachamavet is in the middle of the road. Now one could understand this on a spiritual understanding, or it could be on a very practical. If you're going in the main thoroughfares, as we said, we worried about contamination. Social distancing in the main thoroughfares is not really that um, possible. So that's why he's saying go on the side streets, right? But the Gemara uses the Kevin, the Yahavele, Rashuta, Maskelehedja. So since the Malachamavid has given Rashut, so basically he can go openly and kill people. Now, this is obviously on a spiritual level, but it's also on a very practical level, the way we can understand it. Um, there's another way of understanding this Gemara when we, we, we see, we're going to quote later on, the Rashbash. Uh, the Rashbash was one of the Rishonim who understood that basically uh, you can understand this Gemara in, a, in a, almost in a homiletical way, that when, when there's a Malach Mabet, you cannot go live life as normal. The Gemara says, don't go in the middle of the road. What does it mean going in the middle of the road? Don't go the normal, don't live life the normal way you live life. You have to be more careful. I, there's a certain um, balance of danger and living that we do in regular times. But uh, when, when, when there's a plague, that balance is offset. And so you can't, you know, you can't take your regular risks that you would do during uh, during regular times. So we'll come back to that understanding of the Rashbash in a moment. Just, um, just a passing, just if I may, a passing thought. Yes. It seems to me that the advice, if you're in a city where there is already an epidemic, should you not really just take the second advice, which is stay at home and close your door? Otherwise, you're helping to transfer it to another city, possibly as a carrier. And that would not might not necessarily be the correct advice. A passing thought. No, so, sorry. So, so you're saying? What I'm saying is, if there's already an epidemic in the city that you're in, and you go out, let's say there's a seger in your city, yes, and you yes. go out and break the seger, <laughs> and you go somewhere else, you're actually maybe doing more damage than good to everybody. Okay, great, great, great. So they're, they're, that's already going to be one of the answers. How do we distinguish between the Rama and the the Gemara? Because the Gemara said. Uh, you should leave. You, the Gemara said you should go in, inside your house. The Ramah says you should leave at the onset of the plague, not at the end of the plague or not during the plague. So one of the answers is, one of the answers is, is based on the Marasha. The Marasha says, If you can flee at the onset, great. If there is a plague, Going to the Marsha, you should you should leave. perusha. What the Gemara was saying is called So the Marsha is saying, listen, if you can't flee the city, then 
go go indoors and that's what the Gemara was saying but but uh, uh, doctor what we, uh, there was someone else who actually said what you were saying um, let's just uh, uh, let me see if I can see it I think it's a Kafachaim uh, Kafachaim yeah Kafachaim um, yeah he says like this the, why 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 not leave in the middle or the end of the epidemic says the Kafachaim Source number seven, ki az lo yachol livroach min ha'ir, ki lo yiten lo makom menucha, ki gam o'ava v're'av mineged nig'u ya'amdu v'krovav yachiku. Right? So basically, you're going to be spreading it, and people will not bring you in because they will then get affected, even your loved ones, even your family. Right? And therefore, uh, uh, that's why the Kafachaim was saying that there's no contradiction. In the beginning, i.e. before it's spread in your city, get out of there, right? But if it's already spread, then then just go into your house. So I, I don't think there's necessarily a, uh, I, I think that's pretty much what you were saying, that there's basically the two stages in this, in this thing. Let me just- yeah, um, makes sense. Right. Let's just go back to the Shut Maril. The Maril says, there, what the Gemara said, that you basically have to go indoors. Shamati shalom That's after the onset, and it's already it's already spreading in the city. So if it's spreading in the city, in that case, don't leave the city. Just you got to you got to go inside. But before it has spread and before you, you, you are, uh, uh, you know, the onset taking place, get out of the city. That's what the Maril is saying. And we actually have the Ramah describes historically that he did this. There was an outbreak of a plague in the city of Krakow. And the Ramah left he says like this he wrote he writes in his um he, he wrote Mechir Yain. it's a parish on the Megillat Esther and uh, the Ramah writes Ani Moshe mi Krakow, gola I'm, I'm writing this from exile i.e that, that he was exiled from his city why because of the foul air, I think that he's referring to the epidemic in the, the, the Germans spreading. Okay, so they basically left the city of Krakow to a little small uh, um, village called Shidlov. They were on, in very harsh conditions. And uh, basically, he says at the end of, why did he write this perush? He sends this to his father because he didn't have the funds to send him Mishloch Manot. So instead, he sent him a perush of the, uh, of the Megillah, which is an interesting question. Is that, uh, can you fulfill your mitzvah of Mishloch Manot? There's a famous, uh, 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 what's it called? Beta Le not Beta Levi. There's a... Uh, Machloket, uh, I can't remember. Famous Machloket between the Khatam Sofer and the Mishneh Levi or something uh, regarding this this issue. So, so, but, but but the point is, is that clearly we see from here that the Gemara and the Rishonim say one has to take care 
not to uh, not to come in contact with uh, if there is an epidemic. Preferably, one should leave the city where there is an epidemic if possible. But if not, then one should basically go inside. What we call today social distancing. Yeah, we have to really practice social distancing. Um, so this is this is interesting. It's not it's not new. All the uh, all the halachot of of or the restrictions of social distancing really uh, one can find one can find uh, already in the Gemara and the Rishonim. However, Rabbi Akiva Ege is perhaps the most quoted uh, sack in terms of really defining halachic restrictions. Now, Rabbi Akiva Ege was dealing with a cholera epidemic in 1831. And uh, from what I understand, cholera actually is not spread through, uh, through air or germs, but actually through, uh, through uh, water, through, uh, but so it could be that, that whatever he was saying uh, wouldn't apply to a cholera epidemic, I'm not sure, but he, in any event, the way Rabbi Akiva Ega understood is, I'm not sure how this, um, how this uh, virus or sickness is spreading. And therefore, I'm going to tell you what I think needs to be done according to the halacha. So he says like this. The question is, should people daven in a shul? That to daven in a small area is not correct. But then he says, perhaps, not perhaps, one can daven in small, what we'll call the word capsules. Um, uh, that's uh, a very common word in Israel now. Uh, in small capsules. They should be approximately 15 people. Now, in order for people to be able to daven, the first minion should be or a boker, nights, or I imagine he's referring to nights, or maybe even from Alota Shachar, and, and then after that, another minion. And everyone has to have a designated time which when they're coming into the shul and when they're going to be. Um, when they're going to be giving uh, uh, which which minion they're going to be part of, and then he says, "You should add in some mizmorim," and then he adds a few uh, things that uh, people should say, "Aneinu Hashem Aneinu," and "Mishe Ana," and a few uh, 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 things of tehillim, etc. And then he says, Make sure, be careful, that not more people enter the shul than, as he said, 15 people. And one should put a policeman at the doors of, at the, doors of the shuls <laughs> so that people should not come in. And this is Rabbi Akiva Eger, not some anti-religious uh, uh, politician. So you see that that the Rabbi Akiva Eger was the one who says, because of Sakana, we've got to limit our, uh, our our minyanim, and we have to do it in a certain in a way. And he, he was going obviously according to how he understood 
the medicine, the medicinal restrictions of the time. He's following what uh, what he thought the you know what the doctors were telling him. Um, he also adds in a very interesting thing. He says, the person we, we should be careful uh, from going into depression and all types of uh, uh, all types of depression. And also not walk at night. He also says, get ventilation. Very important uh, um, ventilation. Right? So uh, I'll just end off over here. He says like this. A person who does not listen to the instructions, who uses the word transgresses the instructions of the doctors, he sins greatly against God. Greater is danger than, than uh, prohibitions. Especially in a place of danger to him and to others. So he says, you know, that you could be the cause of spreading the illness through the city, and that a person's sin would be too great to bear. So the, the, the um, Rabbi Kiva Ega is basically giving us. Uh, definitely some some pointers, very specific pointers, specifically regarding Minyanim. He says not more than 15 people in the shul. And he's basically going according to the restrictions of the doctors. And he's saying that anyone who doesn't listen, you uh, over a hotel Hashem. So that's a very interesting, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just uh Interesting how how uh, it seems that the you've got the religious side, uh, the, the case in the Supreme Court in uh, in the U.S. Right? So the case in the Supreme Court in the U.S. was my re my religious rights versus the civil obligation. Let's call it you know uh, to uh, not to spread this uh, or the the medical concerns. But if you were to ask me, I would say that. If that if that court case would come in front of a dian, in front of a bait in, it would be chucked out for the simple reason that there aren't two, there's there's a chiyuv. Jews don't have rights. We have obligations. We have an obligation to do daven in a million when we also have the same obligation to look after ourselves and to look after other people. It's all part of a religious context. So what does it mean I've got my religious rights versus, you know, a civil obligation? Ain't the vaikaze. There's no, it doesn't exist in, in, in halacha. In halacha, you have a complete obligation to serve Hashem the best way you can. And that includes looking after yourself. And, and sometimes looking after yourself will mean that I will be precluded from davening in a minion or a minion to a certain size, or and I'll have to take on these restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that this is very clear from the poskim that it's not even a question that when there is a danger, certain, you know, uh, halachic rituals that we are, you know, given to, uh, that is just our everyday life, are put uh, are, are, are pushed aside.
I think that's that's pretty much a given so far. The counter argument, the counter argument has always been shluchei mitzvah enan nizakin. Yes. So, what about shluchei mitzvah enan nizakin? Right. So, for those of us who were uh, uh, doing the daf yomi, we just yeah, yeah, exactly. we just uh, yeah. we just did that. And the the, the answer to that is shluchei mitzvah enan nizakin. The 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 Gemara says that's only true where heicha delo shchicha, where the danger is not. Apparent, right? Where it's not, uh, it's not around. But where it is around, one cannot say that uh, that argument. That is the conclusion of that Gemara, right? There were others for us that you know, if you're not doing it completely the same shamayim or whatever it is. But according to, if I remember correctly, it was Rava. The conclusion of that Gemara is: Listen, that's all well and good, even if you're doing it 100% the same shamayim, which is a, a question whether we can definitely say that we're doing things the same shamayim 100%. But even if you're doing things the same shamayim 100%, right? In the end of the day, if this is an ex- if this is a danger, then very difficult to just say shluchei mitzvah inan is okay. However, I do want to mention, and there's an essay at the end of this article, where we do find we do find in halacha that certain dangers or risks are permitted to, to be taken, right? For example, we know that four people have to bench a gomel. Now, why do you bench a gomel? A person, okay, a person who got sick, Saturday, that was not his choice. He, he, he you know, a person who was brought, taken into captivity, I assume that's also not his choice. A person who crosses the sea and who crosses the desert, that's out of choice. And nevertheless, the Gemara doesn't say that it's Asur to go into a place of danger. The Gemara says, since you went, were in a place of danger, you have to make a bracha. So, so how does that work? Right? So we see, we see, for example, that, that there clearly are certain times that you're allowed to put yourself in danger. Another, another example is the Gemara brings cases where Kevin Dadashu Bey Rabim, Shomer Ptaim Hashem, since it's the common accepted practice, so Shomer Ptaim Hashem, Hashem protects the foolish and, and, and it's acceptable to do so, right? For example, the famous truva of Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein was asked, can a woman, uh, can a woman have a nose? She wanted to have plastic surgery. She, she felt that she wouldn't be able to get a shidduch without it. And uh, it, was, it was causing her uh, emotional grief. And Rav, one of the questions was, What's the problem? You, she's going to be putting herself in danger. She's going to have to go under a uh, uh, general anesthetic, and uh, by putting herself, and, and you know, there, there is a there is a danger. But Rav, Rav Moshe Feinstein basically says, Kevin, the Dashu Rabim, that we see that Nachon going under general anesthetic is dangerous. I don't know what the percentage of people that go under it's one in a thousand, or, or probably more than one in a thousand, where where, where the, the danger is very very slight, but there is a danger. But it's an acceptable danger. Somebody getting into a car, right? People die every every day from car accidents. Lo aleinu. But Chazal don't say you know the, the rabbis don't say it's also to get in a car because it's become acceptable mode of travel. So it's an acceptable risk. So the question really is, the question really is, where do we draw the line? Uh, it's clear that the Gemara is saying that when there is an epidemic in town, you have to 
take certain precautions over and above your usual precautions, right? So the answer I think is as follows, that, that clearly an epidemic is considered, is considered a level of danger that is above the threshold that is acceptable according to halakha. Point number one. Possibility number two is, even let's say, the p amount of people that would die in an epidemic would be less than the people who die in car accidents. Okay, in 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 let, let's uh, for argument's sake, I don't know if it's true, but for argument's sake, let's say the people, the amount of people dying in an epidemic would be less than the people dying in the car accidents. However, there's a distinction, and the distinction could be made as follows: that an epidemic, number one, it's it, it, it's not. It's not the normal way of, 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 of nature. It's here for a certain time, and please God, it will disappear. Right? Whereas, you know, travel to work and from work, it's part of our daily routine. It's not like it's, 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 it's only a six-month period where we'll say, Tov, for these six months, we're not going uh, to get in a car, right? and, and six months after, it's going to be different. So one is a temporary measure, and one is a long-term measure. So that could be another distinction between an epidemic and the other dangers, even if the other dangers have a higher rate of, 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 um, of mortality. It might not make a difference. Thirdly, and perhaps this is, is one of the most important things, is that when we're talking about other dangers, we're talking about a person himself is putting himself in a specific uh, danger. You know, a person in, in a car, one could argue, you're, well, I suppose you're also endangering someone else, but really you take, you're putting yourself in danger. Um, and even if there's an accident, it's limited. It's limited to the person, the two people in the car. However, when it comes to an epidemic and contagious uh, contamination, so this is, we, we're trying to stop a kind of a snowball effect of contamination. And perhaps because of that, Khazal felt that there are more, there's more reason to be, um, more reason to be stringent. And that's hinted in the Gemara itself, Yidbak, right? since it's something that is contagious, so you have to be more careful. Okay. Um, there, there, there are very interesting uh, discussions about how to understand what is considered acceptable in terms of danger, what is not dangerous. Uh, I highly suggest reading the article at the end of this uh, shir by Rav Sami Luntrik. Um, and uh, he will, he, he there goes into it. Uh, and the poskim have dis dis distinguished also between a personal danger and when you're dealing with a national danger, and when you're dealing with a national danger, you might have to be more careful, right? So, so there is there is that distinction. Um, it's just it's like a suffix, you know. If if my electricity goes off in a house, in one house, are you allowed to switch the electricity on on Shabbos? The not. What are the chances that you know a person in that house is uh, on a life uh, of on a ventilator? Right? And, and, and it's pikuach nefesh. However, if you take the same scenario and you, you say the electricity didn't go off in a street in, a, in, in one suburb, but it went off in a city of Yerushalayim, right? and there, there are half a million people in that city or, or, or the whole of the city of New York, there are nine million people in the city. 
it's not a, it might happen. It's a given that there are people on ventilators and people will die. I.e., as, as soon as you, you, you expand the circle, what becomes a suffix turns into a vadai. And because it turns into a vadai, so your, 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 your necessity, the necessity for precautions is greater as well. And also the leniency specifically regarding Hilchot Shabbos over there, that's a famous leniency of why we're allowed to use electricity uh, even if it was uh, it fell on Shabbos because the people who are fixing it are fixing it for the people that need it for Pikuach Nefesh, right? And because of that, so we can kind of piggyback on that svara also to use electricity on uh, on Shabbat. Obviously, that's a big discussion, and uh, the Chazanish did not accept this, and in Bnei Brak they did not accept that that svara. But that is the basic argument saying that when there is a national need, so the parameters change. That, that's really what I, what, I, what I just wanted to, to highlight, that once you're dealing on a national level, parameters change. If I'm already talking about the parameters changing. I, 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 have, a, I have a question about, about that. Yes. Um, one, one of the issues, I think, before the Supreme Court, and as far as the uh, uh, religious institutions is, I think they're saying that it's what that the government is not being fair, that they're letting um, certain groups uh, be open and do certain things, and the equivalent things for the religious institutions they're not allowing. Mm-hmm. They're allowing people to congregate because you have the uh, right of uh, First Amendment uh, to. Uh, um, say what you want to say so people can demonstrate and things like that, yet the same rules are not being applied to uh, a religious institution that wants to have a large number of people outside to have a religious service. So how, okay. how would Halacha view that? I, I understand Halacha would say, okay, fine, you need to protect yourselves, but if the government says that one is okay, does that mean that then the halacha should say the second is okay as well? My, I think the halacha would say that that uh, also gathering for a hafgana would be asu. Aye, the doctors say that gathering is a problem, but because of political uh, um, uh, kind of. Um, uh, other other uh, issues that that people are taking into account, they decide for this we're going to be lenient, right? So the answer I think would should be that that whether he, although the government might be lenient, the halacha would be would be machmir, and therefore one would one would say the argument would be like this: if you were if if you were to argue me if if I was in the Supreme Court and uh, they were saying, well, if they're allowing people together to do a um, a hafgana, how do I say a hafgana in uh, English? Um, demonstration. A, uh, a demonstration. Then maybe they should also allow the uh, gathering for religious uh, for religious rituals. And I think as a, a bait in the answer would be. As a, as a dying on a baiting, not that I'm a dying, but as, as a halachic ruling, the answer is gamze, the gamze asur. I, this is prohibited and that is prohibited. Not this is 
this is permitted and therefore the question is why the government permitted demonstrations if the government told me it's i'm permitting demonstrations because the doctors say demonstrations for some reason is not dangerous but in a shul it is dangerous okay that's that's that that that's already something that you have to um, you have to take into account. But if the doctors are saying, look, this is dangerous and this is dangerous, but the politicians say this is okay and that's not okay, the halacha would be machmir. The halacha would be machmir. I think that's, uh, that's, the, that's the point. Having said that, having said that, and this is a very important um, uh, halacha of Rav Shal Yisraeli. Rav Shal Yisraeli points out that a melech in uh, in uh, a Jewish king can go to war. It's good. There are two types of wars. There's a milchemet reshut and milchemet chova. A milchemet chova is, you know, enemies are attacking us with self-defense. We have to take out uh, whatever. We have to uh, take out the uh, Hamas in Gaza or the Iranian missiles or whatever it is. That's simple. That's uh, clearly, and the soldiers put themselves in danger because that's the nature of war. It's, uh, it's, uh, the situation is a situation of pikuach nefesh. So we're going to need people to put themselves, their, their, their lives in danger to, to win this war. However, then there's a second type of war, and that's a milchemet reshut. And the Gemara explains that the milchemet reshut is basically to go to war for financial gain. And, and the, the question is, how is it possible that a, a a king can decide to go to war again with the the, 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 the certain stipulations of of you know a, a king can't just decide he needs the Sanhedrin and others but as, assuming he's got all the backing what is the logic that a king can start a war based on financial gain you're putting lives in danger surely you know Yareg Ali Avor isn't going to war, isn't one of the Yareg Ali Avor. And here you're putting people's lives in danger, the Chayalim's lives in danger. Says Rav Shal Yisraeli, the answer to that question is as follows. When you're dealing on a national level, the finances of the state is Pikuach Nefesh. Because if there is a lack of money on a national level, people die. I, I think I read a statistic somewhere that for every 1% in the US of um, unemployment, something like 60,000 people die. So if, 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 the, if the rate of unemployment goes up by 2% that year, an extra 120,000 people die because they can't afford uh, medical care, et cetera, et cetera, malnutrition, whatever it is. That's, that's in the US, which is a first, first world country. So So... For third world countries. In fact, I was speaking to Dr. Barry Shub. He was he was uh, expert in South Africa. So you're saying that all the experts in South Africa agree that the danger for on the mortality rate, the country of South Africa cannot go back into lockdown. So so that's another shikul that one has to take into account. I went with, so, but but again, it's a shikul that in the end of the day, is just widening the definition of Sakana. So there's Sakana from COVID. There's Sakana when the financial uh, financial markets crash and when people are unemployed and that causes other 
dangers and, and the mortality rate goes up for other reasons. So because of that, one has to come with a very uh, kind of wide picture of how to tackle an epidemic, right? or in our case, an, uh, tackle a pandemic. But all I wanted to highlight was as follows, that we see very clearly that one has to take very, very serious social distancing when it comes to an epidemic. Rabbi Akiva Eva says we have to listen to the, the doctors. We have to take them very, very seriously. And a person who doesn't listen to them is Hashem. We have to realize that there's a sakana and, and try and understand that when you're dealing on a national level, the definitions of sakana are, are, are very different. And therefore, the precautions needed are much greater. On this, but, but the flip side of that is that part of their precautions is making sure that people have, have bread to put on the table. Because if people don't have bread to put on the table, that is also a concern for the rate of mortality going up. So that is all part of this, uh, this sugya. Let me just end off with the Rashabash. The Rashabash uh, was asked more, not, not so much on a halachic uh, discussion, but uh, more on a hashkafic level. You see, the, the question was like this. And he said, be made dever, a person's fleeing in a time of an epidemic, right? Is this got any benefit? Why? If a person was inscribed on Rosh Hashanah to live, so uh, he's going to live even if he stays in the town with the epidemic and if he was inscribed for death. So even if he is, uh, even if he leaves, he'll still die. So what difference, uh, what difference does it make? So the Rashbash first of all talks about, listen, there are people that are not inscribed for life and death on Rosh Hashanah. Those are people that have not sinned and they will live out their days until the end of, uh, you know, whatever whatever was inscribed, they meant to live for 95 years, they'll live for 95 years. But then says the Rashbash that even those people, right? Um, even those people. Right? Even though, so we're talking about a, a tzaddik that he hasn't been inscribed for, for death. On, on, on Rosh Hashanah or for life, he, he's good to go. Nevertheless, he could still die through the epidemic. He says like this, if a person acts irresponsibly, they will die even though it's not their time. And even though it wasn't decreed on Rosh Hashanah, because you acted irresponsible. There are people that die without judgment. There were two Miriams, and basically Malachamavet killed the one and not the other. And it got mixed up. Right? What does it mean it got mixed up? Because there were the, the one Miriam that, that basically acted uh, irresponsibly. So if a person acts in an irresponsible way, even if it's not your time, you're gonna say things can happen. The Gemara says this in another way. What's Chutz Mitzinim Opachim? Says Rashi, 
cold and uh, cold and hot. I, the person goes out in uh, lives in uh, I don't know Toronto, and he goes out in shorts and a and a t-shirt in the middle of winter when it's minus uh, thirty degrees. Okay, don't uh, don't be surprised that that person died of hypothermia after after sitting outside for for half an hour. Was it decreed in Shemayim? It wasn't decreed in Shemayim. The person acted irresponsibly. That's what the Rashbash is saying. And this is also echoed by the Vilna Gaon and other poskim. Uh, there's also Rabbi Akiva Ega who, who quotes this, uh, who quotes Rabbeinu Bahaye. The, the, the Torah says that regarding the people of the, 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 the people surrounding Korach, that they have to separate themselves from the Ada. So he says, I don't understand. Why do you have to separate yourself from it? Baruch Hu can kill, you know, he can laser in on Korach and the people around him will not get affected. So he basically says that a person has to act responsibly and there's going to be whatever after effects of the germs of the contamination. And therefore, one ha the Torah is giving uh, the people a, a commandment to separate themselves from the people that are going to be killed. Um, finally, it says... Uh, the Gemara in Bava Kama, we've already seen this. This is again the same idea that if, if, if there is an epidemic and you act irresponsibly and Malach is, is going around, a person's going to be hit even if it's not his time. So, uh, and that's also the Vilna Gaon. And that's basically, uh, that's basically what we've seen today regarding uh, pandemics and epidemics in halakha. So clearly there is uh, chazal related to this issue and uh, accepted that there needs to be some type of social distancing. One needs to uh, be more careful in these times. Um, Rabbi Kiva Eger says basically follow the doctors uh, and what, what the medical uh, professionals say. Uh, today, I admit that it's it's very complicated because the people making the policies are not not necessarily only following uh, um, medical advice, but they're going according to popularism and if they're going to get re-voted into the Knesset or not. So therefore, it does complicate uh, issues. Um, but assuming we can stay away from those issues and we get to have a have a very clear understanding of what it is. We do have a general approach of how to how to deal with COVID-19 and for that matter any pandemic or epidemic. Lo Aleinu. Okay. So next week, Bezrat Hashem will continue with the halachot of Minyanim and the different uh, specific issues that have arisen uh, during uh, this COVID era. Okay, Koltov. Okay, Koltov Shkaf. Koltov. Bye.